What's going on, Military Cash Flow family? As you guys can see, Mike's not here today. He's uh, he got a prior obligation, so it's just going to be me today, and I'm going to be your host, your one and only host, right? So, uh, should be a good time. Um, what I have going on in the works uh, right now is I'm I'm finishing up the refi on um, my that the, my very first four unit. Um, it's looking really really good. I think I'm going to be able to cash out and doing a cash out refi, so I think I'm going to be able to take out a very significant amount. Um, I'll give you guys an update uh, probably on another episode. I might do a video about it because uh, I'm really excited about it, actually. Um, other than that, you know, the, the wholesale thing, the wholesale operation, right? So I've started a wholesale operation, me and two other friends, um, and working out of South Florida and then also Savannah, Georgia. <clears throat> so we've been rocking for about three weeks, and I'm documenting the journey um, as we are going. So if you want to see that, make sure you check out our YouTube channel. Um, and every uh, once every other week, I'll be putting out a new update, kind of giving you uh, basically sharing the story, sharing the journey, sharing what's going on, right? So um, we had the cold callers on the phones for the first time yesterday. Um, and, and they did really well. We got a couple leads off of them, uh, reach out to a few of those leads. And we're just working the process, man. So um, really, really excited about it. Now, speaking of speaking of being excited, right? Our, our guest today is uh, James Peterson. Uh, it's awesome dude. He's an Air Force guy. He is an uh, Air Force guy working on an Army installation. So it's, uh, it's it's pretty cool. He's a unicorn out there at Fort Benning, and uh, he's going to be talking about his real estate journey and how you know he bought his first single family, and then he went and bought a a house hack, a duplex, living in one size. He bought it in the bando, dude. Like it's a, it's a, it's like a uh, rundown. He said rat infested. Like it was just really messed up, really bad part of a kind of a bad part of town, right? So he talks us through his journey, what his mentality was, what his, uh, where his mind was at as he was, as he was, you know, uh, renovating the property and going through the renovation property or process, excuse me. And uh, he basically just kind of tells his story, man. I, I think it's, it's, it's really awesome. I can't wait to have him on again to uh, do a follow-up of where he's at. But um, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this story. What's going on, Military cash flow family? Today, we got James Pearson in the house. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glaspie. And this is the Military Cashflow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. Um, and he's going to be telling us all about uh, uh, his journey with real estate. James, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Please tell us a little bit about you and uh, who you are, what you're doing, and you know what you, what you got going on. Oh, thank you. Uh, nothing much, Dan. So I'm James Peterson. Um, pretty new real estate investor. Started back in 2019. I'm um, just starting to get my hands really dirty into it. 29-year-old uh, Air Force captain stationed at Fort Benning. I know, super weird, huh? Uh, I just worked for a squadron. I worked for the, uh, well, that's attached to the Rangers. Um, excited to be on this show. Been listening to Dan for a good while. Uh, looked up to, you know, the five pillars team, Mike Gillespie and all of them. I'm so excited to do this. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, Mike's a stud, dude. Um, if you guys aren't seeing this, Mike's not on right now. He's got a prior engagement, but we're still going to roll on and give you this great content, this great value, man. So, James, um, so you're at Fort, you're at Fort Benning, right? Um, but you're an Air Force guy. How many other Air Force guys are there? I'm assuming you don't really see too many, too many around there. So I'm the only 17 Delta, like cyber officer here. <laughs> Um, there, there's a, there's a decent, I think it's like five or six, uh, what we call 19 Zulus for, uh, TACP officers. Um, and then there's a, uh, pretty large contingent of actual TACPs and they support the, uh, there's fire support for the, uh, third Ranger battalion local. And then we also got some, uh, GSUs at, uh, JBLM and then Hunter airfields for first and second back. Yeah, man, that's pretty dope, man. That's, that's got to be kind of weird being the unicorn out there, right? Everybody's in their, uh, everybody's in their multicams and then you, you got your, well, I guess the Air Force has their version of that too, but still, you know, you got the, the Air Force tag on, you know, so I'm sure that's, uh, that's pretty unique, right? Um, yeah. How's it been for you so far? Just, uh, just being, is this your first 
um, duty station where you've been where where you're mainly uh, around other army um, army folks? Yeah, so I worked combat comm for a good while uh, at, at a Robbins Air Force Base. Yeah. And we saw army guys pretty often out there, so it wasn't too weird. Definitely a little bit of a culture change here. You guys are a lot more aggressive, more to call folks out. And my favorite thing to do is I got a troop actually in the Space Force. And so follow him around the BX and see all the weird looks he gets. It's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> but I like it. Air Force can be a little bit, you know, too soft at times. Uh, oh, man, hey, early, you said so it. You said it, not me, man. Hey, <laughs> hey I'll, I'll admit it. I'll be the first to admit it. We're, we're definitely the Winnie Hut Jr. at the bunch. Oh, man. The Winnie brought it back to the SpongeBob, man. Oh, yeah. That's cool. So, hey, so what was it like growing up for you, man? Like, uh, you know, you got into real estate. Kind of talk us through, like, your experience with money as you were growing up and then how you transitioned into real estate from that. So uh, I'm the son of a retired military officer. My dad retired lieutenant colonel. Uh, my mama just worked, uh, my mama worked gigs around, you know, wherever installation we were at. Um, and so they were pretty like risk diverse. Like they, they didn't like, they ain't like taking risks. Uh, they grew up extremely poor. So I can understand, you know, when they got money, they held on to it and they, they, they pulled themselves out of debt. Uh, and so what they did taught me is how to be frugal with your money. Uh, the lifestyle change between having money and not having money. Um, so military brat. Prototypical, you no know, weird new kid. Every school I went to, uh, my parent, my dad finally stationed, retired at Fort McPherson. It's been closed down since in Atlanta, Georgia. And so I grew up in a suburb in uh, South Atlanta in Fayetteville, uh, go to Whitewater High School. Um, and so athlete growing up, track and football, uh, struggled my way through college, did five years of ROT, five and a half years of ROTC to tell you anything. It's like the first Air Force ROTC kid to get an extra half year on top. Uh, got a degree in mathematics, not good at math at all. So that's just all God right there. Uh, but yeah, so now I'm here. Um, what got me into real estate was just, I was having some money in Korea, I had more money than I ever had before. And I'm like, I don't want to be stupid with this money. Cause I remember coming back from deployment and I, I was that guy that came back on oh my 30 G's in my account. What am I going to do? I bought 24-inch rims that are sitting oh, in my backyard no. right now. <laughs> no. And then I went and spent like $5,000 on like a club section. And I'm like, man, that, that money went kind of fast. And so I ain't want to make that mistake again. And Lord behold, Bigger Pockets found me and then got started from there. Hey, that's awesome, man. And I, I love that you um you got sometimes you gotta learn through experience, right? Man, sometimes yeah. you, you do stupid stuff, but that's part of life, man. Those are those are the stories that you always talk about and you always, you know, you're always gonna have with you. I'm sure you I hope when you balled out the club that one time, I hope you know you had a great experience at least that you could a memorable experience, you know. But um, but that, that's great. So you went in, you, you know, kind of waste a little bit of money and then you kind of figured out, hey man, I gotta do something with this, and that's kind of where you transition to real estate. And, and, am I right there? Yeah. Yeah, I saw my bank account building up in Korea. I was at Kunsan Air Base, and uh, COVID hit. Uh, we were locked down on base, so you literally couldn't spend any money. I didn't have a house to send stuff to, so I couldn't go on Amazon and ball out. Um, and so I got back and found bigger pockets. I'm like, wait, I can I can do something with this. It's weird what COVID did to a lot of people, right? It kind of forced us inside and like kind of, you know, really made us reflect. And so we've had a couple of different guests come on and, and mention that same thing. Yeah, like I started going through or through that COVID process, I really started to reevaluate what was going on and look at my money. And when you're when you're not able to do certain things, it kind of forces you to do other things, right? Yeah. So um, that's pretty cool. That you, you kind of kind of uh, took that time and um, figured it out from there. So what was your what was your first uh, adventure into real estate from there? So you're like, all right, I, I got some money here. I'm in Korea, though. Uh, was it, you know, you PCS to the States and then you started taking action or were you taking action back in Korea outside of bigger pockets? And so let me backtrack a little bit. Uh, so at Robbins, right, my first duty station other than tech school, uh, my, I had a good friend, Ray. Um, so Ray was a prior E lieutenant that drove uh, one of the nicest Dodge Vipers you'll ever see, right? And so I bought my first house off of uh, talking to Ray. And so Ray, I, you know, took him out to lunch one day. I'm like, hey, man, like, what's going on, man? Like, selling drugs, like, how you afford a freaking Dodge Viper? And he said, you want me to be real, man? He said, I bought, I was stationed in Florida for most of my career. 
about four houses. They appreciate it. And I also, and, you know, co-partner in this drag racing business like that. And he was trying to convince me to buy a house. He said, look, man, just buy a house. And he kind of, he kind of like head my neck to the water. He was like, you're going to get a house. I'm going to teach you how to get a house. And so I did, USA had a great program back then where you can uh, use run the realtor and get a kickback after purchasing a house. And so uh, it's probably illegal. I probably shouldn't be saying this. I got orders to Korea. And I knew I had like another four months at Robbins. And so I'm like, if I get a house now, I can just buy it with a, per- with a private residence loan and just kick out to Korea. And so had a great realtor. I didn't know what I was doing at all. I did not know about bigger pockets or anything. I just bought a house. I bought a, uh, just a three, two and one of Robbins. Thank God, I think I cash flow like 25 bucks a month off of it, but it appreciated 50 grand in the last two years. And so not knowing what I was doing at all, I just bought a house in a good school district and it, it just worked out for me. But I didn't start taking serious actions until I got back from Korea. And that's where I'm at today with this duplex and another single family. Okay, excellent. So just really quick for those out there listening, that, that what you did there was not illegal, right? Unless you had orders and you knew for a fact you were going, but even sometimes when you have orders, um, you know, things change at the drop of the dime, right? Like where you might have not not have to, not, might not have to PCS to where you think you might be PCSing to, right? Um, and that's why th- that clause in the, uh, the DA pamphlet 72 dash something or 62 dash something. I, I got it wrong. I'll put the link down below. But um, <clears throat> in the VA pamphlet, it says must intend to occupy the home for one year, right? So if you're not sure, if you don't know 100%, you, you know, you might, you, you might think you're going to PCS in six months, you know, there, there's no, there's no um, uh, concrete rule saying that you can't, you know, buy a house. So um, I don't think what you did there was, was uh, illegal at all, actually. Um, and I see a lot of people actually do that, <clears throat> assuming that they may be PCS and they're not 100% sure, but it might be good for their family to actually be in a stable location um, and, and, and they PCS themselves and come back, you know, so there's a bunch of different situations that could work in. So you got that house it appreciated it, it appreciated 50 G's over the over the last couple of years, right? Um, and then what? And then uh, so after I buy that house at PCSA Korea. Uh, like I said, COVID hit hard when I was in Korea, just saving up money. And I found bigger pockets and I just became obsessed. Like I was, um, I think I went through well over 250 episodes of Bigger Pockets. Uh, found Brennan Turner's um, How to Invest in Real Estate book, read that cover to cover. Uh, then I got Richest Man Babylon, you know, the classics. Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrant. Now I'm reading um, Four Hour Work Week and I'm just, I'm just neck deep in this stuff. And so I got back and I actually, uh, this is going to be kind of weird, kind of like a mindset type deal. Uh, I left all my stuff in storage when I got back in Korea. I just had too much junk. I uh, moved in an air mattress, a card, a card table, and a 30-inch TV into an apartment. Uh, got a month, got a month to month uh, lease. I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to live like this until I move out. I'm going to force myself to be hungry so I can force myself to buy a house hack. That's what I wanted to do. And so I couldn't find a house hack at all. Everybody knows like after COVID, this market has been brutal. And so um, I, I was using Realtor. She wasn't, she wasn't the most knowledgeable uh, for investing. Um, ended up firing her and getting a new Realtor. Shout out to Veronica Smith. She's awesome. Um, she found a, a uh, three, two, that's a duplex to convert to a duplex in a rougher area in Columbia, Georgia. Um, and I bought it sight unseen because um, I was out of military school and I couldn't dip out from the school because of COVID regulations to go see the house. So I'm like, you know what? This is my opportunity. I'm tired of living on this air mattress. I'm just going to buy the house. Uh, I'm in a rough area. Like I was literally talking to my neighbor across the street because the house got shut up the other day. Jesus. Uh, so I'm looking forward <laughs> to moving. Uh, but yeah, I, I started renovating the property. I did a lot of work on this one. one. I live on the one one side, the two one side almost done. Um, and it was, it's been a chore, man, it's been a chore, but I, I mean, it's a good product now. Uh, I think where I'm at is I'm making it as nice as I can. I probably over, uh, rehabbed it. Uh, and I don't mind because I want to get a, a better tenant since I'm in a C minus probably even D area. Um, so I'm hoping to get a tenant to snack on just trash my place. Um, but I like the product that I have. I think if I'm good to people, people, people will be good to me and not be too much of a disturbance. Um, and I have guns, and so I'm not too. All right, let's take a quick break. 
I hope you're enjoying this awesome episode. If this episode has got you pumped up and you're looking for more ways to learn, network, and take action, make sure you go over to www.militarycashflow.com where we're doing our absolute best to provide our military community with tons of value. Here's just a few things you'll find when you go to militarycashflow.com. You'll find our books. You'll find the Military Cashflow Facebook group where we have thousands of new and experienced military investors networking and asking and answering questions. You'll find our Military Cashflow real estate investing course that teaches you everything you need to know to buy a cash flowing producing asset we teach you how to find the deal, how to analyze, how to renovate, how to build your team and maintain that property. You'll find our one-on-one coaching programs. And when you're ready to start taking action and invest, or you're looking just to PCS, we'll even vet and find an investor and military-friendly realtor in your area at zero cost to you. So make sure you head over to www.militarycashflow.com to get access to all these great tools And lastly, and I would almost say most importantly, make sure you share this information with another military member that might find it valuable. And with that said, let's get back into this episode. (laughs) So you took some action, man. The bottom line is you took some action. It might have been imperfect, uh, imperfect action, but you still took action. Right. Um, So when when you came to I mean, you bought the house sight unseen. Did you know that the area was was going to be as bad as you as you as you're saying it is right now i mean because i invest in columbus myself man i, I wish i wish we would have known each other prior to that i could have gave you a realtor i mean i know several multi-family i got i got a couple uh quads in the area as well so i wish i could have referred you to my people and you know and, and they would have took care of you maybe put you in a a better place where you, you know you might not <laughs> your neighbor might got, not got a shot up you know <laughs> but um did you know did you know about the area or did your realtor tell you about the area prior to you uh actually buying it so I, I i thought i did my research but i didn't do enough um she's good people she suggested like it's near macon road right and so macon's kind of like this diverging zone between a good area and bad area so you go north literally i go north 400 yards i can touch a four hundred thousand dollar house i go south 400 yards and it's probably a murder and so it's just on the crest of being gentrified so i'm like no way i'll just go for it right but i didn't we look at the historics of Columbus and I'm like, this place, I'm two roads down from half a million dollar house. Like how bad could it get? And so I didn't expect all this. I did read the, the city plan for Columbus, Georgia. And they were like, oh, we're putting $11 million into that area. They've been trying to, uh, you know, let Midtown build up since 2016. So I had a lot of faith in it. Um, and she told me it was a little bit rougher, but it's coming up. So I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to take action. I think I was beat out on like 16 or 17 different offers by the time I got this house. And so I was just frustrated. Um, I'm just going to jump. You know, it's here. Um, I'm the first one too. It's a pocket listing from the realtor. So it's not even on MLS yet. I just went for it. Nice. It got me in. It got got you in the door and you're getting the experiences, right? You're getting the experiences and you understand the market so much so that you already went and bought another single family in the area, correct? Oh, yeah, I got a, uh, so Veronica, she had another pocket listing. Um, another uh, investor actually had this one rolled up. So it's a, I think what happened was it's a 4-2. I think it was originally a 3-1 and they added another like 500 square feet to it because uh, it's listed at 1,600 square feet. But look, walking that property, it's clearly over 2,000 square feet. So I'm going to add that to the tax records. And that should look sexy on the ARV. But yeah, it's a 4-2 in Smith Station, Alabama with a barnyard and a chicken coop in the back. Jeez. Sitting on like two and a half acres. Now, another investor had wrapped up for 85 grand. He found some moisture in the subfloor, didn't feel like it was a good investment. And they knocked it down to 65, uh, knocked it down to 62.5. And then I bought it at 62.5 in Smith Station, Alabama. Nice. Uh, and you're renovating that one right now, right? Yeah. So I'm waiting to cash out refi on this one. Um, because I, I I took out um, I tell you, I love this one. Um, so I financed this one with the FHA loan. Um, and then I um, financed the rehab uh, with a credit card. So that credit card is maxed out. It straight up like destroyed my credit score. And so I'm waiting to pay off. I'm going to cash out refinance, pay off that credit card, and then get a personal loan so I can um, afford to renovate the Smith Station. 
Excellent. So before we go too deep into the Smith Station one, right, uh, let, I, I want to talk about some of the lessons learned from this current house hack, what it's been like, you know, living with someone else on the other side as you it, with you being the owner, right, what it's been like going through the renovation process, uh, what you've learned in the process, if you had to do it over again, what are some of the things that, you know, some somebody listening can take away uh, from from, you know, your real estate journey? Oh, man, I feel like I got a degree just from this one house and just what not to do. Mm, teach uh, us. <laughs> so when I got the house, it, it had a tenant in there, in here and he was a heroin addict, right? And so I knew I had 90 days to move in with the FHA rules. Um, and so first thing I did was presented him with a notice to move out. Uh, when I took ownership of the property, uh, I think 60 days in Georgia is the law. And so I gave him a 60 day notice. Um, he couldn't afford to move out. So I actually gave him like a thousand bucks and helped them move out and even helped them find a place to move out. Um, so he got out of here and his unit smelled like the inside of a menthol cigarette. Is that the one that you're in right now or is that the other one? That's the other one. That's okay. the one I'm okay. currently renovating. This one, um, nobody, this, this, this unit wasn't tenanted. Uh, apparently there used to be a drug house in the back knocked down hey. uh, and there were weeds <laughs> thrown everywhere. And so, yeah. And so, uh, I got in this house and I was ripping out carpet, you know, doing all the demo and there was just rat feces everywhere. I had all kinds of mosquitoes and flies and this nastiness down here. And I remember just being just neck deep in renovation and sitting on the floor being like, what did I, what did I get myself <laughs> into? And so um, I'm dog tired. I was actually sleeping. Um, well, I, I was about two months into renovations. I was actually sleeping at work. Um, and lying to my first sergeant about because uh, this place wasn't you know I couldn't I couldn't have it this place it was just too nasty uh, and so I said I need help and so uh, I was I think this is like a godsend I was doing something I think I was going to lunch and I was driving through a pretty rough area in Columbus and I seen a guy walk outside his house just covered in paint and I'm like oh, he, he's a contractor and I just pulled over and dude name was Carlos I'm like hey man I got this house Need some help with it. Can you get it? Can you get in here and help me? Carlos gets in there, does it for a little bit of nothing in like all of two weeks. And I'm like, here I am struggling, trying to put drywall in, do, do subflooring, do all this other stuff, taking my time with it, being all depressed and just, you know, feeling sorry for myself. And I'm like, this dude knocked it out in two weeks. I'm just going to hire him out for everything. And so um, end up hiring them out to do um, this side and hire another GC to take care of that two one side because uh, Carlos was just so busy. Um, and then my dad flew down and actually helped me with the backyard. And so we got a giant tilling machine, knocked down all the weeds, put some dirt down. Carlos put up a fence and then I got like a little fire pit down there too. Uh, so, and then I, uh, didn't have a place to park parking was a big thing because this was originally a three two so i'm like if i'm gonna have two people living here i need to expand the parking uh, and so i got some uh, crushing run gravel put some gravel down knocked down a tree and then actually got uh, a guy to come in and for a little bit of nothing put cement down cement and then a sidewalk leading up to the one one part and so i have a cement i have a cement and parking pad uh and actually in an actual sidewalk leading up to my stoop area in the one one because it was yeah, just mud and you would just track mud inside dude so you did some work man like you did oh, some man. serious work man i, I know that's got to be a, a refreshing feeling that like now walk into your one one and be like ah i can i can live here now and i no longer <laughs> no oh, longer man. have to be depressed sitting on the floor man uh, i know it's got to be a good feeling that's crazy that it was a ride story. yeah how, so yeah, how it, long was it from start to finish are right, you purchased it like and then but now you're obviously living it so how long was that you know so I'm actually still doing renovations on that 2-1 side because work has really picked up and I've been TDY a whole lot. And this is also a lesson learned. So I should have just made a punch list and had a contractor do it, but I've been just knocking it out slowly, slowly, and slowly. Um, but I also don't want to get a bad tenant in there, so I've been trying to make it as nice as possible. Um, so I bought the house in April, and yeah, now it's uh, freaking almost November, and I'm just not getting to a place where it's pretty much done. Um, okay. And it took a good while because I was trying to do a lot of stuff myself. Um, I could spread this up a lot by just hiring somebody out. But in all honesty, I'm, I'm enjoying the lessons that I'm learning. 
Uh, and I'm learning a lot about the renovation process. And so when I talked to Jesus, he's, it used to be I talked to the GC. Of, okay, yeah, all right, that sounds right. Because I didn't do the homework to see how much stuff costs. But now I can talk to the GC. I'm like, wait a minute, why, why are you doing this? You know, why, why are you charging me 500 bucks for this little simple thing that's going to take you out and have to do? Um, and so just learning the renovation process myself, getting, getting used to this area, knowing uh, the pockets of good places in Midtown Columbus, uh, not wanting to make that mistake of investing in a pretty rough area again. And just getting used to my neighbors, like talking to my neighbors, asking the store to this area. And then just realizing that like, hey, the people in this area aren't bad. It's just one or two groups of people causing all the ruckus. And, and you know, just getting to know the people around and not making my own stigmas. And so this was just a huge, just kind of, like I said, college course and real estate investing, the renovation process, how to talk to people, how to talk to other investors, um, where to invest at. Yo, um, I love it, man. I love it. So that's what a lot of people will say, failing forward, right? Like taking oh, yeah. little steps. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're imperfect actions. And, and yeah, you're, you're, you're failing sometimes, but you're learning a lesson throughout the entire time, dude. And those are invaluable skills, man. Like that I had the same thing, literally working in Columbus on that first four unit, my first ever, uh, my first ever renovation where I wasn't like right next to it, essentially it, it took like nine months. It took like nine months to, to renovate the property. I went through a lawsuit. Like it was absolutely ridiculous, you know? Yeah. So I definitely understand what you're saying, but I would never trade those lessons. Even though I lost a little, lost a little bit of money, I, I would never trade that for anything because that has shaped me into the investor I am now. And just like you talked about, like, uh, you know, you've been doing some work yourself and you know the costs of certain things because you, you kind of did them yourself. And then you got your boy Carlos over there that's doing work too, right? So like you, you talk to other contractors and, you know, you can kind of smell a scam if, you can kind of smell a scam if, if it's kind of happening, right? Like, you, you know, that doesn't sound right. You know, what you're doing right there doesn't really look right. You know, what's really going on here? So that's great stuff, man. It makes you that much stronger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm happy I did. I'm happy I went through it. And I can look at this product now and just be that much prouder because I'm like, you know, I made this with my own two hands and uh, just got it from the dirt, you know, <laughs> just didn't know anything about real estate starting off, but the renovation process. And now I got to, in fact, I got, Four people in the last month asked me when the uh, other side's gonna be ready to be rented out. Like people are itching to get in there, and so, that's telling me something. So, what has it done for your mindset, though? So, we talked about like we talk a lot about mindset, right? Like, so what has this done for your train of thought? Like now that you've gone through this process, you're you're almost done with it. That you're going through this process and you're almost done with it. What has that done for you as far as like? I mean, I know you don't have it rented out and you haven't really gotten any like major cash flow or anything like that, but just going through the process, where's your mind at right now? And how, how do you think differently than before you bought this property? In all honesty, I'm just not scared anymore. I mean, to, to put it into perspective, uh, two months ago, somebody was shot down the street uh, yesterday in broad daylight. Somebody had a drive by. And then last Wednesday, they, my neighbor's house got shot up. Right. And so I invested in, in, in a D area, <laughs> maybe see my husband in a D area. I did all the wrong things. How much worse can it get? And so I'm like, if you jump in, I can't make any more mistakes than I already made. And so I'm like, I, I did it. Like I did the worst you can do. I got the F on the first test. All right. So trust me, I failed a lot of tests in school. My mindset was, well, I got 30 in the class. Why, <laughs> why not just go for it all? And so now when the opportunity presents itself, I'm like, how bad could it get? It's definitely not going to get this bad, right? Uh, if, even if it does, I know I'll pull myself out of it and I can go forward just not being scared, just knowing that if, if it's a good opportunity, if the numbers line up. Um, and if you got the, uh, the finances to do it, jump into it. There's just no reason to make excuses because it can't get any worse. You, you know, you no. can't make any more mistakes. That, you know, yeah. That's the mentality of a true entrepreneur right there, man. you like... I got to make this work. You know, even if I fail a couple of times, I got to make it work. I, we have to have you back on in like a year just to see the progress because just to see the progress and like what the numbers look like, you know, at that time, because I, I know right now there's somebody listening that this is the first time, like having any experience with real estate. And they're like, man, I, I don't know if I should buy this duplex or not. And they listen to this, <laughs> they listen to this episode. And they're like, hell no, I'm not, I'm not doing yeah. that. <laughs> myself hey, through. But, uh, I definitely buy a lot of ammo at Academy in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, if you're if you're listening, man, like, uh, just 
hold on for hold on until uh the next episode when we have when we have uh we have him back on here because uh, i guarantee you this is all going to work out for the best man um so I, I i love it though i really really love the uh you know the go get it attitude even though you know figured out you made some mistakes right um you're like all right how what's the worst case scenario from here worst case scenario is you know you're dealing with just some 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 bad tenants and like you're saying you've already looked into uh the city plans and seeing what's happening i mean i know columbus as well um i i know i know that uh typically you want to be north of macon road for the most part um but i do know uh that area is is up and coming right it's it's they're starting to do a lot of renovation you're seeing a lot of uh a lot of cash buyers in that area doing renovations and you see that 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 area starting to come together so it'll uh it'll all pay off in the in the future right so it's good stuff so now that you're you're not done with this one right you're not you're still renovating the house hack that you're in right now what made you decide to go ahead and go buy the other single family that you're also going to have to renovate when you're not done with this one already? Man, so it's just putting that thought out there in the universe. Like I had 35K in a brokerage account. Like I would love to put that in real estate. And so I guess the energy made it to the universe somehow. And then Veronica, my realtor, she kept sending me deals. And I'm like, I don't want these. Like three ones in Columbus. I'm already in a bad area. I'm already frustrated with, with this duplex. You can keep those until... I get a tenant in here and I'm ready to invest again. And then she shot me that Smith Station house. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I was at work and I, I can't have a cell phone in my building. And she saw it to me via email. I'm like, this is actually a really, really good deal. And so I'm like, okay, what's the catch? I'm like, oh, we got, uh, we got uh, foundation issues. I'm like, so I sent a uh, contractor down there. He gave me a quote for eight grand to fix that foundation issues. I'm like, 62 grand for, a ho- for this house. This is a steal. I didn't have the money. I had 35K in a brokerage account. And so I'm like, how, like, rich dad, poor dad, how do you make it happen? Like, instead of asking, you know, I, this instead of telling yourself, I can't afford it, ask yourself, how can I afford it? And so I had 35K in a brokerage account, I think like 20K in savings. And then I'm like, okay, I can't afford this at all. And then I looked at my TSP. I looked at uh, hard money. Hard money was offering like 75% loan to cost. I'm like, I'm not giving you 40 grand for 75 grand. Mathematically, it just doesn't make sense. Um, and I went to six different hard money lenders. Big problem was it's in rural Alabama, but Smith Station is coming up. And so they didn't feel comfortable lending out there uh, the money I needed. Uh, so I'm like, I looked at my TSP. I'm like, I got enough money in my TSP to take out a TSP loan. Got 20 grand from my TSP, some money from savings. And then I pulled all my money from my brokerage account and I bought the house cash. And so now I'm sitting there, uh, I'm just paying, I'm just paying um, dwellers insurance on it. Uh, until I can get another personal loan to fix it up. Is it vacant? Uh, right? I'm assuming it's vacant right now. Yeah, it's, va- it's vacant right now. And so I'm estimated about 40 to 60 K worth of work, depending on the finishes I put in there um, and what I do to it. But I mean, it's three car garage, four, two and Smith station. I already got a property manager telling me she can give me 1400 for it easy. And so I'm like, I'm all right now. I'm all in for 62. I'm hoping to be, you know, all in for it uh, for either uh, 110 to 120 cash out refi, you know, disperse property. Have you done well? So, what is the ARV? Have you looked at like what the uh, after repair value is once you actually make the repairs and actually renovate it? Yeah. So, higher end uh, finishes getting 110 to 115 a square foot. Um, and then the lower end finishes are getting $100 a square foot. And so, at even that 1600 square foot, what's listed on the tax records right now, it's going to be 160. If I cash out refi, you know, 80% loaded value, I think that put me at, I, I can't do the math right now, but somewhere between 110 and 120. So basically get exactly all of your money back out. That's what the yeah. plan is. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, man. So, so we went through, uh, we went through the house hack and you pretty much just drained everything and you're like, Hey man, I'm not done with this one, but I'm going to drain everything and go full tilt with this, uh, with this single family over here in Smith station. Um, so, and we're going to make this work. So what's your plan to, what's your plan to, to get this one financed? I mean, I know you don't want to leave it vacant there for, <laughs> for a long time. I mean, I guess, you know, you bought it cash. So, I mean, I guess you could just, you know, just pay the property taxes for the most part in, in insurance, but I imagine you want to get that flipped or get that change as, uh, as fast as possible. So, so right now I'm a cash out refi this duplex. 
And um, I'm hoping to get between 90 to 100 uh, on this duplex, um, cash out, refile, pull the money back, and then pay off the credit card I used to renovate this duplex. Um, and then credit score will hopefully shoot up right now. Uh, extending out a credit card wasn't the best idea. It really took a hit to my credit score. And so I'm not getting the best interest rates on personal loans. And so I'm hoping for my credit score to shoot up, get a personal loan for like 50K, uh, do a three to four month renovation on that Smith Station property, and then um, go forward from there. Um, hopefully get a better rate yeah. uh, on a personal loan too. And then the reason why I'm doing this, and I'm not scared to do this because I have a low cost of living and I'm a single captain. You know, I, I mean, I make decent money um, and I just report to myself, like, that's one of the good things about having a W-2, right? You can make, yeah. you can really make those mistakes and be okay on the outcome because the worst you're going to lose is that money, but you always still have that your, your W-2 income still coming in. Um, so that, that that's awesome there. Um, have you thought about, I mean, we talked about getting on bigger pockets. We talked, I don't think we really talked about networking that much, but have you, have you considered maybe getting a partner on, um, on the single family out there to, to knock that one out? Or is there any reason why you haven't, haven't, uh, I guess, kind of went that route? I'm selfish, and this is going to be the complete wrong answer according to literally everything I read and heard, but I don't want to give up the equity. Everybody says get a partner, and I know that's the right answer, but I'm like, oh, that equity. You know, like, yeah, I mean, so say, right now, I'm like, oh, this is mine, but I know I need I need to partner up on it. They say you want to go you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, yeah, bring a team, right? So, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there as a, as a possible suggestion. It might not even be a partner as far as – um, as far as getting some of the equity, I'm just there. I, there's a lot of private lenders, even on our Facebook group. If you go on our Facebook group, um, there I, I know there's a few private money lenders on there that have that are have decent rates that might lend, um, <clears throat> that might lend to you for something like that. Um, so and then also uh, another question is, um, would it make sense to keep it as a rental or would it make more sense to just just to flip that one in, uh, in Smith Station? Because I, I know Smith Station. That, that's a, a pretty decent school district. And I know a lot of, I feel like a lot of service members are going out there, right? A lot of uh, people at Benning, when they're retiring, they're going to Smith Station and even Fort Mitchell, right? Just yeah, taxes. So I told myself, depending on the ARV, I'll flip it. I just don't want to take the tax hit because I need that money back. Long-term, I want to get a, a short-term rental in a, in a really good market so I can get some more cash flow going. Um, but depending on the ARV, I'll flip it. So if it's a pretty high ARV, if it's on the higher end, um, like the 200s to low twos, um, I'll flip it. But if the ARV is sitting under two, I'm just going to cash out, refi. Uh, and then the other thing with flipping is I want to raise my net worth, right? I want to, on a net worth statement, I want I, I want to be, you know, well over $200,000. And so uh, when I go talk to different investors, when I go talk to different uh, uh, um, folks giving out personal loans, um, I, have a, I have a bigger net worth going forward and I can speak to having more properties. Um, and so this might be a potential flip between an ARV, but long-term, uh, I plan on getting a short-term rental after this thing. Well, getting, I plan on getting a house hack and then another, and then a short-term rental. Okay, all right. So the short-term uh, rental market, I'll have to definitely introduce you to uh, my, my buddy, Cav. I'm not sure if you if you listened to that episode, but he's he's all in the shared economy, Airbnb, VRBO, integrating Toro and peer space and all that stuff like that. So make sure uh, after this episode, I, I send out that that uh, intro to you. So we can probably help you out with that short term, <clears throat> with that uh, short term mental stuff. That's great, man. So where do you see yourself going from here? I mean, we talked about a little bit of network. You said yeah, you briefly mentioned um, after this, after you do a cash out refinance from the, the duplex you're living in now, and you'll take that money, put it into the Smith Station single family, keep that as a rental. And then from there, you're trying to get another house hack. And so where do you see yourself going? Like, what's the end state for you? So I can answer that right now. The end state for me is like $10,000 a month in cash flow, right? And then that's that's the, 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 demar the demarcations that I want to hit right now. Uh, once I hit that goal, uh, it's just going forward from there, expanding into other business ideas or expanding um, into other maybe multifamily. Uh, but my goal now is ten thousand dollars in cash. I don't, I don't care if that's five short-term rentals and one single-family, or fifty, or or just one, you know, multifamily. Um, I just want that cash flow right now, so I can have the freedom and the options to explore different opportunities. 
Um, like the military and all, I just don't want the military being in my end all be all and, and me being scared to take risks uh, in the military because I think that gets you far, folks who are not scared to take risks. Um, and it's scared to take risks in life in general. I just want that back end cash flow so I can just have financial freedom um, and pursue stuff, passion projects that I really want to pursue. Because uh, military is good and all, but you know, if the day comes where I get ripped, it, I don't want to sit back and be terrified because I don't have a you know second in, income stream coming in. I love it, man. And a lot, I, you know, I think a lot of people would listen to this episode and be like, "Man, I don't know if, if I could take that type of risk, man." Like, and the way I look at it is, if you don't have, if you don't have more than one stream of income, or if you're not working towards more than one string of in, stream of income you are taking a way bigger risk, right? So, and I'm sure you've seen it. I know I've seen it. My wife's a JAG officer. So I, I hear about it very often. A lot of times there are people that get kicked out of the military for stuff that has nothing to do with them. I'm not gonna say it has nothing to do with them, but you know, they their plan was to stay in the military and they get kicked out for reasons that that might seem a little weird. You're like, ah, you know, that, that's, that wasn't really a, a big deal or something stuff that's out of their out of their control sometimes as well so you know when that happens and they have no backup they have no you know nothing yeah they might have put a little bit of money in the tsp but they don't have any cash flow right then you know a, a lot of times they're stuck dude and you know we make a pretty decent living in the military as well so when you go out to the civilian sector and try to find a comparable job oftentimes m- more often than not those <clears throat> the income doesn't really match up, especially when you take in, into account the healthcare and all the other benefits that we get as service members, right? Just the taxes alone, right? Like you only, you're only taxed off of your base pay. You're not, your your BHA, your uh, B, wow, uh, B, BAH is not taxed. Your BAS is not taxed. Any of those jump pays or special incentives are not taxed, right? So really about 30% of your paycheck is really not even taxed, right? So if you, if you kind of, you know, compare apples to apples, those income levels, those income numbers don't really stack up. So if you, if you, all you're depending on is one source of income, I think that you're really taking the bigger risk than someone like, you know, James here, who's, who's, you know, taking those risks take, uh, and that are definitely pay off. We know for sure with time, real estate will definitely increase in value, right? Um, when you add the cash flow to it, it's just, you know, extra, extra, uh, extra, icing on the cake right so um i love it i love it yeah and, and, and that's my thing like i was talking to my sister the other day and she was like yeah she's very risk adverse and i'm not and uh my big thing is like why not i mean i'm young this is the time to invest I, i'm not reporting anybody i don't have a family to look after um this is the this is the opportune time for me to just jump in um because I, I i don't have to look back you know a significant other or family being like, I'm sorry, I made this huge mistake. It's all, it's all on me. And knowing me, like I've made a bunch of mistakes in the past and I've had those crappy jobs. I've been a janitor, uh, I've been a dishwasher, uh, door-to-door salesman. I've done all the crappy jobs. And I'm like, I don't want to ever go back to doing any of that stuff, right? And so this idea of financial freedom, like designing a lifestyle meant for me, uh, not being scared to say what I need to say to who I need to say it to, because I see it a lot in the military, especially on leadership side. Well, I can't say that to that person. He's a colonel. <laughs> I'll do it. You know, I'm like, <laughs> they can yeah. fire me. I got, I got cash flow. And so, just having, just having the, uh, the, the freedom to do stuff like that. I mean, that's what life. This was life is about. I want to be just, just held to not doing stuff because of financial restraints. That I, I never want that. That's excellent, man. Keep taking those, keep taking those calculated risks, man. I I, I love it because all that stuff is going to pay off, man. Like <clears throat> I, I did the same thing. I remember, I specifically remember three different people telling me that I shouldn't have bought uh, my, my first, really my first ever like true rental uh, myself. I bought it for like 25 G's in Jacksonville, Florida. It was on a kind of a rougher part. It's kind of like you're talking about borderline. You, you throw a rock and some, there's some shootings well, really, that's about it. <laughs> like you throw a rock and there's some shootings, or you know, you look around the area that you're at, and it's like it's pretty much okay. I'd say it's like a C area. Um, 
but I specifically remember certain people telling me, no, you should not do that. You know, just keep your money safe. You know, it's not, it, it might not work out. Be careful, be careful, be careful. You know, we don't really want to, uh, don't really want you to com completely ruin everything. And I'm like, what is the worst that can happen? I lose 25, I lose 25 G's. That is the worst thing that can happen, right? Um, is I lose the money that I put into it. Um, but again, these are all calculated risks. So I put 25 in, I bought it for 25, put like 30, 30 into it and it appraised at a hundred thousand, hundred and one thousand dollars right? So was able to do 65% cash out refi, take my money back, you know, and then also, and then put that into another four unit. And then the next one that I bought was pretty much the same situation. And I, I specifically remember people saying, nah, you probably shouldn't do that. It's got holes in the ceiling uh, that, you know, <laughs> across yeah. the street, that looks like, you know, some, somebody's over there, look like some shady people over there, you know? So, um, and all this stuff pays off in the long run, man. Like it, all, it, all of it pays off in the long run. So I absolutely love it, man. Keep taking those calculated risks. Yeah. All, like you said, all you need is that proof of concept that yep. work. You know, just yeah. one time. It showed me that work. So once you start getting that first paycheck coming in, okay. Man, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to have you back on for sure uh, to talk, to talk, you know, and we'll specifically re reference this episode, right? Where you were at and then, you know, where you're at now, because I, I would love to hear. I can't wait till you get that tenant in. So just just really quick, uh, just for my uh, sanity, you're, I know you're in a duplex right now. You're living in the one one. Uh, that other side, what would that rent for? And then also, what is your mortgage? So my mortgage right now is five ten. After I cash out refi, should I'm gonna get rid of PMI, so it should be around four eighty. Uh, that one should rent for seven fifty, um, and that's on the low end. Um, there's a big shortage in in, in in rentals in Columbus right now, and it's one one. I'm keeping it as a furnished one one, and so furnished it should rent between seven hundred and nine hundred. Um, I, I can't find a good mark mark for it because there's just not that many month to month furnished rentals uh, in Columbus to, to, to measure off of. Uh, and so all in all, I should be cash flowing around seven, eight hundred um, on this thing. And that's with property management. Um, now their expenses and stuff. So, I mean, that's that's phenomenal. So once you actually get the tenant in, you'll you'll be money. Uh, first off, you're keeping all of your BAH as a, as a captain, right? And yeah. you're going to rent that other side out. That other side is going to more, more than, you know, more than pay for the mortgage of that property. Right. And you're keeping all of your, your BH, you know, so just that alone, even if it doesn't appreciate in value, which I, I know it will, but even if it doesn't appreciate in value, you're able to save thousands of that. Well, you know, probably about 12 or 12 to $1,500 a month, just keeping your BH alone. Right. And you can take that and put that into something else, right? So, I mean, if you're listening to this and you, you, you're you thinking about like, ah, oh, man, I might not want to do the, the house hack. I mean, just just really sit back and think about what that would do to your finances if you can uh, live in one unit for free, essentially, and then keep all your BAH. What, what would that really do for your financial situation if you're a service member? Um, I just wanted to touch on that piece because we, you know, we went through some of the scary stuff, right? But we didn't really talk about what, what the end result kind of looks like for most people. Right. So, um, and the, the other thing is too, like the house I got in Warner Robins, that was, I did everything. I didn't, I did not know what I was doing at all. Right. And so I just jumped in and just chose a random house in a good school district. That thing. Um, so I bought that one for 168, uh, but with all the closing costs wrapped in, I think it came like 175, I bought with a VA loan. Um, and I got two, I got a contractor, a contractor couple in there. Contractors make decent money um military contractors uh in there right now they pay me 1350 a month i think my know on that one's 1100 a month um and then it appreciated like what 25 grand a year for the past two years and so that was a a, a really good story you know i can't imagine putting 20 percent down on that one i'd probably be pretty good pretty decent cash flow right now but my plan on that one is to cash out refi in probably another two years uh pull that equity in it's probably push it toward another investment property i really want a multi-family uh, i just don't have liquidity for it yet and uh, partner up for that short-term rental and hopefully that will produce some liquidity invest multi-family what did you say partner up oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. i learned you're, my lesson you're just talking about the selfishness and stuff so yeah. i wasn't expecting that one but okay that's awesome man i i love the journey i love uh thank you for being so like candid and and, and honest with with your story that transparency really means a lot because a lot of people man you know, 
you you hear you hear the gurus oh it's so easy it's you know there, there's nothing you have to worry about all this stuff is so simple you don't deal with anything but no that's not really how it is man there's there's some struggles in this in this uh in this business man there's there is some struggles in this business but it's so much more rewarding in the end um when you go through those struggles right so i appreciate that and it builds your risk tolerance too when you go through uh you're not as scared because you already been through it you know the, the problem that you thought was gonna you know take you out the real estate game like oh it's not really an issue i was scared at the time but nothing really happened i'm still here i'm still kicking and i'm not bankrupt <laughs> like it just builds that risk tolerance muscle exactly exactly so wrapping it up a little bit man um if you had one piece of advice, just one piece of advice to give to anybody out there who's listening and who, who kind of wants to do the same thing, wants to take some of those calculated risks and start building cash flow, what, what would that be? Just jump in. Just jump in. You're not going to learn everything. You're not going to get everything right. Just accept that you're going to suck at something that you've never done before and jump in. Uh, it'll be the best decision of your life. And then all the naysayers who are saying, Ask them how many bigger pockets podcasts have they listened to, how many books have they read, how many different investors have they talked to. I guarantee you it's not that much, right? And so just jump in, stop, stop having uh, analysis paralysis, stop kicking yourself out of good deals, you know. It's uh take action. That's what it is. Take action. Um, calculated, calculated action. Just like he said, I mean, don't forget that piece. I mean, he he definitely did his due diligence as far as reading books as far as listening to podcasts, as far as going out there and talking to other investors, that helps mitigate a lot of the risk, probably about 70% of the risk, but there, there's nothing you can do to mitigate that last little 30%, 25%. There's nothing you can do for that. So that's a great point. Excellent point. How can our listeners get in contact with you? All right. So I'm on Instagram. Uh, got a funny name. If you ever watched a cartoon show called Flapjack, there's a character on there, Captain Knuckles. I'm not a douchebag. I ain't named myself Captain Knuckles on Instagram because I'm a captain. Uh, but yeah, my Instagram name is Mr. Captain Knuckles, Captain underscore Knuckles. And then uh, regular spelling on Facebook, James Peterson. Uh, I'm in like a squatting position in in, uh, in DC with my arms open. So that's me. All right, excellent. And hey, we'll put all those, all those links down below. Uh, they'll be in the show notes. So you guys go ahead and check that out. Make sure you reach out to James, man. Like th this is a, a perfect, if you are just now starting off from real estate and you were, you want to know like the raw truth and you want to know like what it feels like to be going through it, you know, why James is a perfect person to reach out to because he's literally going through it right now. And I think that's so invaluable. It's, sometimes it's hard to put yourself in the situation you were in, you know, when you first, when uh, a person did their first deal, they don't know all the intricate details. I'm not going to remember all that stuff. Well, I can almost guarantee you James does because he's literally going through it right now. So it's uh, definitely reach out to him. Um, and if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you smash the like button, subscribe and uh, leave us a comment. If you got any questions, I'm sure James will answer them. Um, <clears throat> come join the Facebook group. We got about 3000 service members on there, helping each other build wealth and grow cash flow. Um, you talked about finding money, right? Finding, uh, getting some lenders. You got to reach out to my guy, Mike Glassby. He's a mortgage loan officer. So he can definitely, he lends in all 50 states. So he can definitely help you with those, uh, with that, with that loan as well. Um, other than that, man, this is Dan Wynn signing off. <laughs>